thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. This is Up For A Chat with Cindy O'Mara, Karen Smith, and Kim Morrison. Here we are, Up For A Chat, about the hottest topics that are important to you, inspiring you to awaken the change within. I'm Karen Smith. I'm Kim Morrison. And I'm Cindy O'Mara. And we have a beautiful, beautiful soul sitting across the table from us today. The gorgeous Liz Kent is joining us on the podcast. So, Kimmy, Liz actually works for you, but you wanted to to make sure that we interviewed Liz because I think there's something quite unique about you, my love, and that, (laughs) you know, (laughs) you are into um, your health and your well-being and now you're surrounding yourself with other people who are doing the same thing. You've uprooted your whole entire life, (laughs) moved from Toowoomba to the Sunshine Coast. Now you're working with Kim and I should have you working with me at the end of this podcast. (laughs) She will, will too. She will too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad I got him first. Yeah, good girl. Good girl. Go you. But I got Annika too. So yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so we could trade. So anyway, <laughs> or share. We could share. Yeah, we could totally share. What we actually do? Cause she. Yeah. Right. <laughs> anyway, back to you. <laughs> So, Lisa, the most the, the most fascinating thing for us, I think, which would be really cool for the mums who listen to the show with their daughters and mm-hmm. their kids, is to understand what has driven you to pursue a life of health, wellness, and fitness. How old are you now? 23, and I'll be 24 soon. And you look like you're 12. <laughs> I think you're just... You're just absolutely beautiful, oh, thank flawless, you. Thank stunning you. with a smile that obviously just lights up a room. So, you know, for somebody that's your age, really the world is your oyster and you could choose to be, do anything you wanted. Yes. Why did you choose health and wellness and why on earth have you left Toowoomba to come to the Sunshine Coast? I thought you were well, going to say, why first did you want to work with Kim? <laughs> I was going to, and I thought that might be a bit hard. <laughs> well, it wasn't a very hard move to make from Toowoomba to the Sunshine Coast. Um, I'm very much a beach beach person. I'm always referred to me as a beach babe. So I don't deal well with the cold at all. Right. And I did move to Melbourne for six months at the start of the year. Wow. And that was great, great experience. But I um, then came home because we have an organic store in Toowoomba and just to help mum out again. Right. So, um, and then called Kim and said, I'm not really sure where I want to go. And she said, Sunshine Coast. I said, well, it's where I want to end up. Just didn't think it was going to be so soon. Right. So, so, so your parents owning the organic store, yeah. that's kind well, of been... But let's go back. Yeah, we can, okay. go, we yeah, can go right back I, to the beginning. I actually think we need to go back to... But wait, there's more. But wait, there's more. Because yeah. she's actually a country girl. Okay. Yeah. She's from uh, a big property out at Dolby, out mm-hmm. near Dolby. Yeah. And Since your father is a grain... Um, cotton and grain. Cotton and grain grower. Yeah. Oh, wow. So, yeah, so it's just yeah. not... Yeah, like, and I just... We've done country girls before. We've done mm. one country girl before. And Kirstie, but, so... Yeah. yeah. Very close with Kirstie. Yeah. Oh, yeah. good. Yeah. Oh, your family. Yeah. Your family, exactly. She's <laughs> family. My family. Yeah. So, yes, grew up on a, um, on a property outside of Dolby, and that was, as a child, was just amazing. And I'm very, very grateful and thankful to my parents. So then... Um, what was that like? What did, what did you do? Like, you went we to school were, and came home yeah, and what did you do? Yeah, we were very big into horses. So I have my mum to thank for that. I look back now and think, gosh, I don't even know how she did it. But she did. And it was just because we were very passionate and loved it. And so that's the reason why she So I just want you just in there in that moment, acknowledging mothers out there... <laughs> Just explain what your mother used to do for you around the horses, just so us mums out there can realise when they hit their 20s, they do appreciate it. <laughs> so as I'm very pretentious, when I, <laughs> I, don't, I, don't even want to, I don't even want to admit. No, well then, um, so then I went to boarding school year six and was still heavily involved with horses. So I would go to boarding school, mum would train the horses during the week, pick me up on a Friday afternoon, horse float loaded, horses trained, everything packed. And all their bows and all their <laughs> yeah, or everything and had been we done. Did this sport called um, show horse, which is hacking. So it's very, <sighs> very precise, and the horses have to be immaculate, and the way you dress, and and, and they, <laughs> like the horses take longer 
to get ready to get ready than, than we do. Than they do. They even get oh. you'd love it, Karen. They even oh. have makeup and yep, you makeup. highlight the whites and the mm. <laughs> really. Yeah. I just want you to know, I did it once with my daughter, and I said, "I'm not doing hacking. I'm sorry. Go to eventing or anything else, but do not do hacking." Yeah, my sister went to eventing. She couldn't handle it. It was too much. Um, so she would pick us up, and we would do the event, and she'd then drop us back into school like little princesses, and then she'd go home and have to unpack and train and do it all again for the next week. Did you ever wow. say anything much in that moment, or did you just kind of expect that as them, as your mum did it? It just kind of happened. Mm. Be honest. Probably not. No, I, I wouldn't have acknowledged it enough back then. No. What do you think of your mum now? Oh, she's amazing. <laughs> Absolutely amazing. And I see now. There's hope, mummies. There's hope. <laughs> where her passion and drive comes from. So even though she was, um, she didn't well, have a job, but it was her job was, was looking after us and supporting dad on the farm. And so she was very, very driven and hardworking. Wow, so I think that's, that's where beautiful. even us kids, definitely that's where we've got it from. So that whole work ethic and that yeah. whole understanding yeah. of what it takes yeah. to actually make something come together, you yeah. got that from your parents. Yeah. And even as a kid when I'd go to friends' place and I'd say they were bored, we used to go, bored? What's boredom? Because we just always had something to do. So Yeah. No, it was, it was really great. Mm. And so how do they feel about you being here? Because um, they would be missing mums, No, mum's actually really excited because my sister's in Melbourne as well and so she felt very distant. But now that I'm back, even it's three hours, but... <laughs> Doesn't really, fast. yeah. Yeah. Growing up in a property doesn't stop that long. Um, Takes yeah. that long to get to the letterbox. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, so no, it's it feels like at home also here at Sunshine Coast. It does, and especially being around with Kim and, and Cindy because mm. they've been huge inspirations. How fabulous. So it is. Wait, I'm yet to enter your life. Yes. Yes, yeah, and of course you can. Well, as well, I said, I felt like come. I already knew you. <laughs> I didn't even have to introduce myself. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I'd like to acknowledge your mum because mm. I mm. think she's an amazing woman. And her name is Edwina Kent. And I met Edwina because Edwina just got completely into nutrition and health and she was doing Thermomix and no actually she was teaching people how to cook and then Thermomix just became a part of her repertoire and I just she didn't even want to sell Thermomix no she didn't she just wanted to show people how to eat and then did amazingly well with it and so she took after she finished with you kids I figured she just then took on other people Mm. And she wanted to nurture and help other people. And I remember her asking me to come to Toowoomba to speak. I think she had 150 people waiting for me to speak. Just, you know, because she has such an enthusiasm and such a drive. And and then she started Ray Organics. Um, so, you know, she did that in Toowoomba. And that was huge mm. to take on. Absolutely oh, huge to take on. Absolutely. So... Mm. Uh, provided an organic store up in in Toowoomba which a, pe- a lot of people would be so thankful for mm. what your your mum mm. has done yeah no absolutely That's beautiful now you went overseas so yeah, yeah. so then um uh so when I was in year 12 that's when mum moved to Toowoomba and um built a house which was great and dad they were still together dad set up the farm so he just came in between so it was really good for mum because she really wanted to create something but wasn't sure what it was and then just started to herself get into whole foods and healing herself with food. So that was great to then have that. She was doing that while I was in year 12 and just seeing what she was doing. Started to catch on a little bit, but then did a gap year overseas. So that went completely out the window. <laughs> you mean health? Yes. Uh, health. Yeah, right. Yes. <laughs> you got sick too, didn't you? Well, um, and being school, I was into riding and an athlete and running. So I knew that the importance of nutrition, but wasn't completely educated. I mean, I was eating all brand for breakfast and thought I was doing an amazing thing. <laughs> so I had a lot to learn. And that's when mum started to, to research things. And I think she was researching more from the point of her and also where I was going with sport. Um, but then went overseas and, as I said, that went out the window. And came back and I did, everyone puts on, they call it the gap fat. <laughs> a few oh, extra kilos. And so I was a little bit in denial. I didn't think I had that much to carry. But then as I started to get back into sport, just realised I wasn't as fit as I was and just little things are starting to pull me down. So um, I think that's when I took on a personal trainer and that's what it was. I took on a personal trainer and was doing that for 12 weeks and lost the weight and then very quickly but then just could not keep it off and my eating just 
was all over the place and I was binge eating, which was so unlike me growing up. And then actually it was Cindy who was in Toowoomba who mum said, just come along. And I'd moved out of that stage because I wanted to be by myself and thought I knew everything. <laughs> she said, just come with me to see this nutritionist. And I was like, okay, whatever. And mum wasn't quite sure who Cindy was either. So I sat there and the first thing Cindy said that, that I listened to, she said, now who likes chai lattes? And I put my hand up and she says, where do you get your chai latte from? I said, McCafe McDonald's. And then she told me everything that was in this chai latte. And that's when it was eye open. I went, oh, wow. <laughs> so I started doing Cindy's smoothies and I was living with um, two other girls and, and boys at times. And they just thought I'd gone completely weird with my blender and green smoothie. But I think that's where it all started for me. And at the same time, I was nursing. And I just wasn't sure if, if it was for me. I didn't have a passion for it. And the other girls I was nursing with absolutely loved it. So then I went on my prac and then realized this really isn't for me. Um, so I wasn't sure whether to go into nutrition, mainstream. Or just So I decided that I'd just do a PT course. Um, and that was great and got a great job as a PT and loved it. Knew it wasn't going to be long term. Um, and then I decided, even through that time, I was having more and more health issues and mum was selling Thermomix and we were just really educating ourselves on what to do. And then, where did it start? Yeah, and then we just got frustrated being in Toowoomba looking for a central place t- to get our food. And people say, where do you get your food? And we say, well, we go here, there, everywhere. And so we said, we need a central place. So that's when we decided, well, we'll do it ourselves. <laughs> Oh wow! So How we, um, industrious. Yeah, yeah. And I was still at the. I was just PTing and thought I wanted to do something bigger, but I just wasn't sure what it was. I did want to stay in Toowoomba because I'm very much a home girl. Uh, so then we started that, and that was a huge, huge journey. Mm. And so that was three years ago we started that. That's huge, isn't it? Isn't that fabulous? Yeah, mm. and it was great. And we don't regret. We've learnt so much having not had a retail experience. Um, a little bit in hospitality that I did through school and and just cafe jobs. Um, but it was yeah, it was a great experience and great opportunity. And where? What do you think your main learnings were from that? Where did where did that take you? Learning from having the retail store, store and understanding customers and running a business. What did that teach you? Um, there was never a day off at seven days. (laughs) No, it was, it was, it was very stressful and hard work. We didn't know what we got ourselves into, but it was more the customers coming in and just being so thankful and seeing changes and even parents coming in with kids and saying, you've changed our lives. Even kids that had, um, ADD and thorough medication, it wasn't until they started changing their food and, so it was pretty incredible, and that's what kept fueling us to keep going with these amazing customers. And then we realised what we were doing for Toowoomba, that mm. no one else was doing it. Mm. So I'm interested when you did the PT course, and mm. going back to the PT course, what was the nutrition that you were taught in the PT course, or were you taught none? What, what was it that they expected you, like, you know, yeah. what do they do? So it's a very, very small module. And it was more um, energy in, energy out, so calories. And that's even when I started. Still, that's what I was still. taught in yeah. the 90s. It's probably the same. <laughs> same oh, module. I just kept thinking it's evolving, but it's not. No. 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 Um, and I, I was very limited in what I knew. And I just, yeah, it wasn't until I started educating myself through Cindy and, and reading in um, different books that, yeah, I realised that whatever was going to be said, I probably wasn't going to believe it anyway. So it was very, very limited. Um, so, But a PT course is three months. Wow, mine was a yeah. year. Yeah. And so I don't totally agree with it, and that's why I, and I came out as a PT and my first client was a woman who was over 100 kilos, and I was scared. I thought, this lady is in my hands. And I don't know what I'm doing. So that's when I decided I need to educate myself even more. So I was constantly doing courses to to know what I was doing, and which was great. But a lot of PTs out there, I guess, didn't. And I think that's why I did do well. It's because I did have more education mm. and are willing to learn. Mm. And I think the beautiful thing about you is you don't come across as someone who knows it all. If anything, you are someone who's also no. taking your clients on a journey of self-discovery and, and probably what you love about it too is 
with them you learn. Yeah. And and I think what's so precious about you is that you constantly see yourself as a work in progress and therefore you don't judge others for that. Oh, absolutely. Mm. And I was forever trying different things. And also um, and I was starting to get sick and with and I was going down the line of autoimmune. So educating myself with that and then seeing little bits of that in other clients is so we were always trying out different things. Mm. Biohacker. Mm. Bio, yeah. Biohacking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So let's go back to the your first client. Yeah. How did you handle that? How did you as a young girl with three months PT experience, but having to educate yourself, how did you handle her and what did you yeah. do for her? It was really interesting. This is when I started to understand personalities of people and that it is mental. Um and I, so I went in there as I've been trained and did the session as, as I've been trained through the course. And if she didn't come back for, <laughs> she didn't come back wow. and I would call her and, and I couldn't understand. I was like, why wouldn't she want to come back? She needs to lose weight. <laughs> <laughs> the innocence and the naivety of you. <laughs> and so it wasn't until I completely got it that it is, it is emotional. And for this woman to even walk into the gym, must be so hard and then to have me as a trainer who was not even 21 (laughs) and probably in her eyes fit and healthy and has it all and that's even what she told me that it's very easy for me so wasn't I really started to get that and then started to talk and it was just text that I'd sent her anyway it took her a month but she came back into the gym and then she refused I was the only person that yeah that she'd want to see it's amazing that you should say that actually because when people are that overweight, it is an emotional eating yeah. issue. You know, like it, it absolutely, it, it so is. It's emotional eating, but then it's emotional about being emotional. Absolutely. And then it's emotional <laughs> about having to do exercise. Like the whole journey is so emotional. I've got a program at the moment called Eat With Ease that um, is specifically for emotional eaters. And I got a message the other day from a woman because I give them a little blue wristband, you know those little mm. reminder bands? Mm. It says, I eat with ease on it, and that's their first welcome gift. And the woman sent a message saying, thank you for giving me a wristband when everybody else wanted to give me a lap band. Oh, oh I love wow. that. I cried. Oh I just, I just wow. cried, 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 cried. And I really have understood, because I've been I an emotional that. eater mm. myself and my family, and we know we're all the same. But I think really getting that, it's huge. And the bigger that we are, the more of an emotional experience it actually is and the more of a mind game it is mm-hmm. to conquer first. Like, well, not first, but it's got to be conquered. Like that part of it's got to be. And to be your age and to be addressed with that mm-hmm. first up, no, no, you know, oh, you, don't, mm-hmm. you don't get any easy ones first. You get the, the most challenging person that could possibly be. But I think the thing that made it so powerful and potent with what you did is you didn't let her go. Mm. You didn't stop. You kept texting mm. her. And I think that's the part that's really crucial is knowing that there's love mm. or that mm. there's caring or that there's connection because it is such an emotional experience. Can It, it can only be met with mm. And that's, emotion, so that's even know? what she said. She says no one else actually really followed up for as long as I did. Mm. They did initially. Well, at least you know you're persistent. Consistency. <laughs> consistency and persistency will, will win out every single time. Okay, so she's come back. She's come back. Mm-hmm. What, what after happened? After a month. What, after a month, what happened? Um, she actually did, I'm not kidding, the 21-day program, the okay. first one that you, that you did. That I ever did, yeah. Yeah. And because I still wasn't 100% sure. Um, and actually, yeah, I'll get back to it. So I wasn't really sure about how things. She didn't know where to start, and that's when I started to follow you. And I said, "Look, follow this twenty-one days." So she's probably still even one of your biggest. Oh, she was. She's been to every event. Oh wow! Yeah. Oh wow! Yeah. Yeah. And has she been helped? Have you? Is, yeah. So yeah. I'm not sure how much weight she got down, but she did lose quite a bit, and then plateaued. But yeah, and hers was certainly emotional. So she's working through that. Wow! Isn't that so? Yeah. It's great. And you know what we're learning about emotion. Um, now that we understand the microbiome, which is the bacteria, you know, in the in the gut area, mm-hmm. is that if the if there's dysbiosis in the microbiome, which means that the pathological bacteria are more than the good bacteria, what happens is that that pathological bacteria has a way of communicating with the brain to say, "Feed me, 
I'm starving here if you don't eat sugar and you don't Mm -hmm. eat the right foods for it because it thrives Mm -hmm. on pathological bacteria thrives on junk food, on sugars, on additives, on things like that. Well, it's another four, like, you know, I don't know. I think candida is dysbiosis. Candida is a yeast, so it is still dysbiosis. So it keeps telling you to eat Mm. and eat and eat and eat because it wants to live. But when the good bacteria start to overrun the pathological bacteria, which will always be there because there's a balance, you know, there's, there's a beautiful balance of them, then it starts to tell you to eat different things because it wants to live and it's the major one. Look, it's, it's stunning what we're learning now mm-hmm. about the power of our microbiome on us as human beings, on what we act, how we act, how we think, how we how our immune system works and what foods we grab for. I remember one of our very first few podcasts, Karen making a really big point around the gut being the main brain. Do you remember yeah. that? The, or the second brain. The second 140 brain. Million, um, there's 140 million receptor sites for dopamine or yeah. serotonin. 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 And, and it's where most of the serotonin is made. It's not made in the brain where yeah. we used to think. 80% mm. is made in the gut. Amazing. That, that was nearly two years ago mm. we spoke about we were this. talking about it. So now it's starting to feel like it's becoming a little bit more mainstream. Well, maybe not mainstream, but a little bit more. Mainstream aware. in our life. Yeah. <laughs> I think the beautiful thing that, like, this is this conversation is generating is that we're starting to really understand the complexity of being human. human. Because it's not just one thing, and I think that a lot of um, a lot of courses and programs, mm. and to only be trained for such a small part in mm. your PT course, mm-hmm. and our doctors, and you know, the, the nutrition is such a small part of mm. it, as you've said, Cindy. Mm. I think the, the the thing that we're starting to understand is that we're such complex creatures that there's so much that actually contributes to why a person eats the way that they eat. And why the body functions the way that it functions. It's not just one thing. And I think that's that's the magic of the research that you do, Cindy, too, is that it picks up you pick up all these different contributing factors to what makes the body tick. The way that health and science and and you know PT and the way that we're being taught at the moment is that the body's black and white. And it mm. is never black and white. No. It is always grey. And we don't know enough about it to be that black and white. You know, do you give iron um, because there's an iron deficiency? And what we're learning now is that when we um, give iron, yes, it brings the blood count up, but is the iron functioning in the body? Mm-hmm. So you're getting a false reading. You're getting a reading that, oh, yeah, the iron's come up because we've been giving you metallic iron, but what, what, how is it functioning in the body? And mm-hmm. that's what we're really starting to learn. And so to be told calorie in, calorie out, it's just... It's deficient, really. It, it's mm. just, you know, mm. and, to th- and to think that our body is 90% genetic makeup of the microbiome and 10% our own genetic makeup. And we're just starting to learn this. And you're a young girl, three months education, got this um, lady that's come into your life that you're to help. Mm. It is daunting. It's really daunting. But well done mm. that you persisted and you were consistent. That you came and you, you like, and that's what changing habits is all about is giving information so that people like you can use it for your yeah. clients. But that's what I think is so beautiful about someone like what I've just, my aha, and this is we don't have to know it all, no. but we can find the no. right networks and tribes mm. that can support our beliefs and philosophy mm. so that you become the vehicle or the conduit for more knowledge to come into this person because she's learned to trust you. And if there's a trust amongst human fellow beings, she's going to trust the advice that you're going to share with mm. someone else. And I think that's our job. Mm. If we're not the nutritionist, if we're not the Cindy O'Meara, but we believe and value her opinion, then it's up to us to give the information and it's up to them then to, do, to take action with mm. that. It's not your responsibility. Mm. Do you? Did you then find, did you find it ever discouraging being a personal trainer? Were there things about it you didn't like? Yeah, I did. And that was... I even got to the point with some clients where I'd say, you're actually better off not training. Just get your eating right because you're just making yourself more hungry. Yeah. And I kept saying it's 80% nutrition, 20% exercise. So that's where I found... Exercise? <laughs> <laughs> I just, I just oh, 
was Thank a little you. slip. Thank you. In human life, yeah. <laughs> That's what it sounded like she had to go, go there. there. Every time. Every time. <laughs> Sorry, love. You know, the release of oxytocin, apparently it's just as good calorie burning. You know, like, I'm just Edwina, saying. don't listen. <laughs> That's why I'm not going to comment because my mum will listen. <laughs> oh, we won't tell her. Yeah. We promise we won't tell her you're Secret on. squirrel. Yes. Sorry, I interrupted. Go on. So uh, now I've lost my turn. 80-20. Yeah, so 80-20. And that's what I found hard about being a PT is you see this person once or maybe twice a week, but what are they doing the rest of the time? They're not with you. So that's what I found really hard and almost you felt like you're banging your head against the wall. And there's only for so far you could lead them. Mm-hmm. Well, that saying, you can lead a horse to water but you can't make it drink. So it was that's what I found the most difficult part. Mm-hmm. And that's where I knew that PT wasn't going to be long-term because I wanted to do nutrition or something down that line. So that's where Ray Organic led us. Mm-hmm. And has been able to tell um, well, to tell my clients and say, there'll be a space for you soon. Because they were saying, where do I go? What do I do? And then it becomes too hard when you explain what you do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because we're willing to do it. But for someone who's not so willing but knows they should. Yeah. You, you have to make it easy for them. Mm, absolutely. Because most people, well, the people that um, have done it, have figured out the ropes and it's been hard, but they've, they've figured it out. For the people who uh, want help, they want to be spoon-fed. Don't you agree? They, they need to be spoon-fed. The yeah. information, they, they, they will, I believe, will go out and research and search and look. Mm. The three of us do. I know that that's what we do. But some people just go, it's too hard, it's not my focus, mm, but I know I need to do it. Can you please make it easy for us? Mm. And I know with changing sure. habits, when we went from information to food and now we've gone to education, it, it, is, it makes it easy for a person who doesn't know where to look, you know, they don't know what's right and what's wrong, mm. to be able to follow what you're doing. And so what your family did by creating a space in Toowoomba where everything was as far as meat, you had meat, didn't mm-hmm. you, dairy, you had um, fresh, all, produce. fresh produce, you had supplements, you had even for what, in our bathroom, for in our, mm-hmm. our laundry, you had everything. And more and more, it was more, more people were doing it. Yeah. <laughs> it was, and that's even how we IGA. described it when people yeah. said, so what is it? We said, well, an organic IGA. I mean, you've, you've got your grocery line, you've got your fresh mm. produce, meat, dairy, cosmetics, cleaning products. Everything. Everything and a cafe. We had a cafe as well, How just cool. to make it a little bit more busy. <laughs> <laughs> so where, are you still PTing now? No, I stopped that about three years ago when, when we started Ray Organic. Mm. And I guess with exercise as well, my mind, she started to change a little bit because I did get quite sick and in and out of hospital with kidney infections. And that's when I realized I really need to slow down. I was training for marathons and overtraining completely. And I, I didn't understand that. <laughs> And I did wear myself out. So that's, (laughs) I need to take a different approach, which was, which was such a great learning. That's when I really got into yoga and starting to just learning to breathe and take time out. And I don't need to do everything at a fast pace. It amazes me, you know, 23 and you figured this out, you did this at 20. So you, Mm -hmm. you stopped. When did you Decide that the exercise was causing your problems. Was that three years ago? 20? Uh, it was around about my 21st when I was really, 21st. really sick. Yeah. I, I find, I find it fascinating that there are some young girls and boys that get it and other young mm. girls and boys that don't get it. Mm. And I'm just wondering what makes the bloody difference? What makes the difference? Why did you get it? And half of your friends, like, let's talk about your, Friends, if they don't listen. <laughs> yeah. And I, I do have friends that have similar things, just digestive issues, and we have one gorgeous friend, he's, he would be 21, and you've met him, and he was just so sick, and he took a very long time to get it, but now he's starting to get it because it is life or death for him. Mm. So I think... Because he went overseas too, didn't yeah. he, that gentleman? Yeah. That young boy. Yeah. He went overseas and got very sick and had yeah, to come Yeah, so he home. went over to Canada and actually had to be um, flown back with the two nurses, I think. Yeah. He was, oh, wow. He, he was, was so sick. Very sick. Yeah. And I actually gave it straight to him. I just said, yeah. this is what you got to do if you want to yeah. survive this. Or, mm. um, Cindy, you made a really interesting point before we started recording 
around this whole thing with young people, thinking that they can live a certain way and they'll deal with an illness once they get there. It's a sense of immortality almost. Well, and we all have that when we're young in a way. I mean, I never imagined dying when I was young. I never imagined being hurt if I was out late at night. I never imagined, you know, whatever, anything negative really. It was always life's good, life's easy. Mm -hmm. The only thing that was negative was I never had enough money to do the things that I wanted to do. (laughs) So, you know, it's not... You made a point that I think is quite interesting, particularly for our young listeners. You don't want to be hit with an illness before you get this. So, how? What is it? What would be your advice, Liz, to young people, or what do you think is missing in schools or growing up or the education programs that we're not getting this early enough mm. with our young people, or is it the parenting? Like, what do you think it is? I think it's really learning to listen to your body, and so I wish I took note of those little warning lights that came on. But how would you have and known to listen to that? Like, how do you mm, tell a young person and that's, that's to hear a, that? Yeah, and I see my friends that have these digestive issues and all they do is take some sort of form of tablet and say, yeah, I'll get over it. And they, and they do temporarily, but long-term they're not. So I, I do struggle with that, and I guess it's just educating, putting yourself out there and saying this is what happened um, to me. And there's lots of people like Jess Ains, Co-Melissa and Bassini, who are, who are doing wonderful things. To, and I guess that's where I started to learn as well, was from mentors like that. There's a, but there's a whole um, lot of these young women, more so than mm. men, I think. There's a whole bunch of these young women that have gone out and lived crazy lives and drunk and eaten um, bad foods and not listened to their body. They've got the disease and now they've become heroes or heroines in the eyes of, of many people like you. Hmm. But how do we stop the craziness that our young people are doing that is now, um, that then creates cancer or, you know, some hmm. kidney problem or whatever it might be? This, this is what frustrates me is that, these young girls have had to be stopped in their tracks. They've had mm. to learn the hard way. Mm. They've had to do this in order to survive. But most, of, and what young girls don't realize now is that, and boys, it's mm. not just the girls, mm. it's the boys, is that they're bringing into this world children that will never be fully functioning, mm. will never have the start that maybe our 60s and 50s kids had because they're not being conscious of what they are doing to their body and then in turn doing to their children and then I see them as parents coming to me saying my kids got this my kids got that my kids I I I can't tell you how many times after I speak how many parents Mm -hmm. come up so upset that they didn't know this so I'm a different era to you this is what we want to get is how do we you're there you're at that age group how do we get to you as mentors, as how do we get to your age group or even before you, you know? Because I think the parents only know what they know. Yeah. And mm. they know what they, you know, they, they're just doing what they think is the right thing. But it's it, it, there's got to be a generation where the re-education starts mm-hmm. because there are parents and, and I look at people that I know as well and their kids are just replicating what they did. Mm. And that was McDonald's and Kentucky Fries, and that was all of that real junk. But it, the problem is that food is now worse than what it was back then. Mm-hmm. So, and we are highly medicated, and we and they and there's an ignorance, mm, a real ignorance. Mm. So, do we need to do it at school? If you had heard this at school, oh, would you have listened? I would have loved to hear something around. We need to be in school. Self love, or just about empowerment of self. You know, I, I wish we got that. In school, mm. Taylor made a point. Of history. But would you have heard instead it? of a, a a guest speaker who was so not would inspiring you have about what university course to do? Would you have paid attention? That's a good question. Mm. Whether we would have or not. Well, let me put this. Mm. Just recently, Taylor's in year eleven, and the week of their camp, the day they left for camp, they actually went to a police station or a a driving school education place. And they had certain people speak and then they had a guy come out in a wheelchair who had been hurt by a drunk driving incident and apparently Taylor just said they all stopped in their tracks, you know, sometimes Mm. being confronted with the reality of it. So whilst you're saying a guest speaker talking about what university to come to, 
you know, I know personally at school doing economics and accounting to it, relating it to a business across the road from our school had no concept or even, I didn't even care about it. Now that I'm running my own business, I wish I'd paid more attention. Mm. But it had no interest to me back then because yeah. there was no relativity to where I was at in that moment. Had someone come in and given us a project as part of economics to that we were going to make $500 by the end of this term if we followed the strategy, each one of us, I bet you, would have paid more attention mm. because money meant a lot to us back then. So and Taylor just going to this driving school and seeing the outcome of an accident um, was quite confronting for her. In fact, now when we're driving, she says to me, two kilometres over, you can actually alter the fact that we're going to hurt someone. So she's looking at my speed all the time, and I'm like, oh, two, five, six k's over, doesn't hurt occasionally. 10, 15, 30. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, but we're in a real hurry. <laughs> yeah, but what I'm, what it was just interesting hearing her real mm. conviction around it. Yes, mm. and it was like it took to being in the situation, even out of school, for her to hear that. Now, I've talked about that lots with her, mm. but it was actually being in that. So, do we think, but then, you know, from most businesses' point of view, is to get this into schools, A, there's a whole political oh, agenda to try and get in there. It's a nightmare. Secondly, where's the, and to be fair, not, not trying to take anything away, but for those of us that want to do this, there's no money in it. So from our point of view, to give it this commitment, and I'm not saying that we're driven by money, but to give this time in order for us to survive, there's sometimes a payoff. Now, I appreciate there's also a, a, a generosity of, of giving, and, and I certainly want to be a part of that, but... I know when I've run teenage workshops around self-care and self-belief that I've had to have the mothers present. So when I've done it just with the teenagers, it's great. They get it. But they've got not got the money to buy mm. the product or they've not got the money to do the program or whatever. And, in fact, what happens with them, they hear the information, they go home, and the parents are all going, well, that's oh. not how we live, so forget mm. it. Or they don't agree with it or they don't. So to me it's more a community thing. It's more. It's not just school. It's... It's actually how do we tap into the the family unit? Mm. And I think maybe it does come – I mean, that's a really tricky question to answer, but I think maybe it does come from the parents because I know when mum made the move when I was in year 12 and just started to research into nutrition and and whether she it was her way of getting it into, <laughs> into the family, but saying this is how it can benefit your sporting by eating these foods. So, mm. yeah. Benefit, yeah, change – and so even yeah. yeah. So and even though I was overseas and having a great time and eating the wrong foods and partying on the Greek islands, um, I was still very aware that maybe those foods aren't right all the time, mm. and maybe I don't need to drink that much where others won't at all. Mm. And I was I didn't write myself off every. I think you made a good point though. I think it's it still comes back to our generation taking responsibility mm. and being the role model. Um, the next generation coming through, I mean, our children only learn what they're taught. Mm. They're taught by example. They're taught by information that we are instilling. So if we're standing there saying, I'm fat, I'm ugly, they're learning I'm fat and ugly is okay. If they're learning, oh, I feel so bloated or, oh, and mum and dad's had a big dinner party and everyone's trashed and they're learning that that's mm. a normal way of socialising. So there's a responsibility back and I still believe we as parents, no matter what our age of our children, even a 70-year-old parent can still teach a 40-year-old child or, or you know, child of theirs ways to be. I think it's an individual responsibility mm. no matter where we're at. But if like, you think it's important. If, yeah. You know, I'm looking at – the, the, I was at a person's house a couple of months ago and their son, what was he, probably 18, 17, he'd been out and he was really starting to take care of his body. So he was training and he was running and he was really starting to look after himself because he saw that, you know, it wasn't quite like that with the rest of the family. So he decided he was going to do something different. But when he came back, I was over there just having a chat. And I was I, when he came back from his big workout, I mean, he was spent. And I asked him, what did you have while you were training? And he said, oh, a protein shake while I was training. So I said, show me it. It was just pure chemical. Hmm. And then... When it came time for him, when he came back from training and he was starving, hungry, his mum made four slices of white bread with a big tin of baked beans in the centre. And I said to her, so what do you think that's doing for him? What, what do you think that that's neutral? He's getting his carbohydrates, he's getting his fat in the margarine, and he's also getting his protein in the baked beans. And I said, I said wow, I said, so, I said, so you think that's a nice, a good whole meal for him who's just trained his freckle off after he's just had chemicals in his thing? And 
there was no mm. convincing this particular woman. There was no convincing her otherwise. There was just no convincing her otherwise. When I explained all of that and showed the tin of the baked beans and showed the margarine and showed the bread, there was no convincing, no no, no chance at all. In the end, I just said, oh, well, you know, because it was started to become quite heated. And I went, well, you know, it's not worth the friendship, so <laughs> let's call it a day. But it's it was mm. it was amazing. And so now, you know, he, that's what he's conditioned to feed himself with those things because he sees all the advertising in the in the weightlifting magazines of these nutritional supplements and the you know protein stuff and all that. I was, I was taught to sell to sell and that's when I actually left the gym to work for a studio because I just couldn't deal with that. You taught to sell the, to the sell, I had to sell a supplement to every client I had. Mm. Wow. Cuz that's where they make their money in the retail. Yeah. And I was even I was even taught by the rep he said if you believe in this product so much and your client does, then that's all that needs to be. He wow. said, because we could just be selling chemicals and rice and <laughs> rice flour. And I said, so is that what it is? And he said, yeah, pretty much. Mm. So he knew that the products wow, weren't serving so. at all. It was just how much he believed in it and how much he could sell. Oh, see, I could, oh, gosh, I get very irritated by that. You know, it was interesting last night um, I flicked the television on and one of the magazine shows were on, I think it was a current affair, and there was this... It was all about um, surviving the school holidays. <laughs> and they picked a mother with blue hair, with pink fringe, mm. that was obviously overweight um, and not he- healthy. And her children, to me, looked a little bit hyperactive. And I might be judgmental here, but this is what I saw. And I just, I despaired. I actually despaired watching what they were eating, what she could afford for her children at the grocery store, um, <laughs> the, the whole thing. And I, and I think, is this, is this current Australia? Is this, is this where we're at? Is that they don't, they don't have the finances to help themselves or their children. They don't have the knowledge to help themselves or their children. And, and this, what this was about was, this, was a financial guru coming in to say, look, this is the way you can save some money. And, and she did a great job, but she still put the Coke and the lemonade in front of these kids as opposed to going out and buying Coke and lemonade at the movies. Um, they made popcorn instead of buying popcorn at the movies. You know, there were – but I kept thinking maybe this is – You know, it's only going to happen. It's only going to happen when people apparently need to hear information at least seven times before it starts registering. So it's the people like the Jesse Rimmers, the Pete Evans, yeah. the, the the public known figures that are starting to really fight these conglomerates and fight mm. these big food companies and that people are starting to see conflict in media and, and they're starting to notice that there's conversations around this. But even once off, they might hear it and go, oh, wow. But then if it disappears out of the media again, then it's kind of like, oh, back to default, back to what mm. they know. Mm. It's just a one-off. Or they see what we're all doing as a fad, mm. not the norm. Mm. So until it becomes the norm, we're going to constantly have this this challenge. And so it's just consistency then, isn't it? It is. I mean, it's just consistency. Well, and It is, but how does profile. the general public get it if all they're doing is watching television and mainstream television? Because mainstream television is not is not a place to be educated and it's not getting the right information. For instance, this morning, um, I, you know, I swim every morning and there's this really lovely man that we seem to have the same pace. So we always start together and we finish together and so we walk back together. We do, you know, the do the kilometre and we walk back together and we've had several conversations. He's a fireman from um, down in Melbourne and, and, we started talking today. He says, so what do you do, Cindy? And I said, well, you know, I do nutrition and I'm a nutritionist. And we had this whole conversation about food. And I talked about the Heart Foundation and how how I felt that the Heart Foundation was letting people down and that their tick of approval was a waste of time. And, and he had no idea what I was talking about. Had never, ever on the face of this earth heard anybody say that the Heart Foundation was bad. And I went... Clearly, we are not getting the message out. It's just profile then, isn't it? I mean, really, if you think about anything, if you think about a business in terms of making it successful, what does it take? Well, it takes becoming famous for that message. It takes building profile and it takes consistency. And it takes building it and consistently 
doing the same thing over and over again, but expanding the audience, expanding the audience, expanding the audience. And, and I have seen that expansion in the last five years, I must admit. Have you seen it, Liz? Have you seen the expansion have. in your generation? Yeah, even within my friends, um, just even what they'll upload on Instagram or what they'll like or share on Facebook is just recipes. And I think, oh, wow, okay, They're, they are starting to get it. I think a lot of my friends, now that they can see how good they can feel, they do value mm. the food. And whether it whether it's a weight loss thing, I'm not sure. But And how do they see themselves? How do you you it's know this thing? What's mm. that? Weight saying, loss. Whether it's mm. a weight loss thing or a health thing. The body yeah. image. So that's what my next question was. Mm. How do you think they're perceiving themselves visually to the world? How are they – is that what it, the marker is, is what they weigh? I think it's very much well, still your appearance your weight, your appearance, what you look like. I think that could be why. Coming from CrossFit, um, being a PT and then I got into the CrossFit, most people are there to lose weight and so then they start paleo because paleo is a part of CrossFit. There is very few people that will actually do it and eat paleo because they're elite trainers and that they know that's what fuels their body, but a lot of people will do it. So is that a good thing? I still think it's a good thing. I mean, it's a, it like, it's a bit like the HCG when your four-phase fat elimination program. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden people are told they can't put oil on their skin or fat. So for the first mm-hmm. time in their lives, they're actually looking at the ingredients in skin mm-hmm. here. Mm-hmm. Same thing. They want to lose yeah. weight. CrossFit's I think because so it has more of a positive effect than, than a shake diet or a weight loss diet because it changes the whole chemical process in your body and your own cravings. But when you're eating good food, you're thinking, wow, I'm actually losing weight and feeling good, and it's not so difficult. And you're eating good food. Yeah. And you're eating real so food. You're not that's eating why I shake. still think, even if it's coming from a weight loss or an appearance, it's more positive and more sustainable. I don't know. I've, you know, I get that, and, mm-hmm. I, and I totally get, you know, like it causes people to think and think mm-hmm. in a new direction, and that's absolutely priceless, and you can't take that away from it. But it still concerns me that it's born out of an eating disorder. It's born out of a disorder. It's a born out of a disorderly relationship with food and a disorderly yeah. relationship with the self. And then food is used as the weapon so that then food becomes something to be frightened of. You know, people are so frightened of eating this or frightened of eating that or frightened mm. of eating this and frightened of eating that, which they probably should be for the most part. But it becomes like it becomes driven from this whole disordered way of thinking. Mm. Therefore, it has no chance of having any longevity and it has no chance of having any genetic hand-me-down education. Well, it might, though, but where it's taken us two generations to become so sick, it could take the next two generations to get us out. And sometimes as human beings we have to go to the extreme of one end in order to understand. Well, you've got to be driven by fear or anger or passion and love. I mean, it's... There's, what will make us change is majorly major emotional feelings. So, you know, I think, well, I think it will have longevity. What it will take is that, say, Liz's generation now does paleo. There's this big paleo movement and everything. They're all doing it to look good. They're probably not understanding the the chemistry and the biohacking and the, the beautiful thing around it, but the fundamental basis of paleo is real food. So maybe through them coming out the other side of this and realising how good they feel without those takeaway foods, they may not understand the education process or why they're going to do that with their children, but to me that sounds a lot more positive than drinking shakes and, and binge drinking, oh, uh, sure. binge eating and yeah, no, dieting. I mean, and You can't take that away from it, and those are absolutely the benefits. Mm. Absolutely, the benefits, and there has to be a disorder around our thinking. Every we've yeah, all got, absolutely. we've all got an eating disorder, mm-hmm. because the world is full of disordered food. It's not mm-hmm. real food, so of course, but also what be. we see, like what we see, and that's driven by the people making those foods. Mm-hmm. So it's not real. It's a complex argument, isn't it? Oh, it's right. a really, really like complex it really conversation. Is, and and I like I just I think. And it is only two generations. And when we look back and realise that we are thousands of generations of human beings, yeah. millions probably, I don't know how far back, mm-hmm. but we are, you know, so many generations and it's only been these last two and I really believe that we're going to look back at this time and think, what the hell were we thinking? Mm-hmm. That we, are, we thought that we could live on this plastic fantastic food, that we thought that drugs would solve everything, that we believed that, vaccinating within an inch of our lives with chemicals, you know, maybe the theory is okay, but what are they putting into us? With the eradicating our microbiome, I don't know if, 
I sometimes wonder, can the human species come back? Because if you look at the Hunzas and you look at their microbiome, which is really important for our health, and then you look at us, the, the microbiome of the Hunzas is 5,000 varieties. We have 1,500 varieties. So we, as the future, oh, I'm no longer a future generation, but you mm. are because I've given birth to my children. Mm. But you will be giving birth to your children. And it's, it's about thinking about the partner. Here we go again. Mm. Thinking about the partner that you choose, um, that you can have a family that um, is fully functioning, fully healthy, that... I don't know, I don't know, like there's a question, can we bring it back? Mm. Or are we as a species doomed, which is hard for a 23-year-old to and come to? it is something that's definitely played on my mind. While I was sick, I was also told that I was infertile and I potentially could not have kids and to even think about having my eggs on freeze and things like that. At 21, I'm thinking, oh, <laughs> I've not even thought that far. Wow. I don't even want kids, but... It really scared me because I thought, well, what if I do and have I wasted time? So that's... Can I just ask, who told you that? Who, who told you you couldn't have babies? And um, egg a gynecologist. So, and was he the person that would take your eggs out and freeze yeah, them? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Just wondering yeah. if there's a little bit of um, political yeah. agenda yeah. in there. You, you know what I mean? Like you start oh, coming it's, it's the and only that, way that they think. Yeah. They, don't, they can't think, change your diet and things might change. No. They'll just think... Well, this is the problem. Yeah. This is where you're going, and these are the drugs you'll take, and I'm done. Is yeah. am I right? Is yeah. that what? And doing? even with, um, with mum, she just said she was so torn. She says, "Well, I mean, she she wasn't well educated enough to make a decision to say, right, let's not go down that line." So that's where she said, "Right, we'll go see a specialist and see what they've got to say. Then we'll see what else we can do." So I decided not to go down that line, and I did just think I could. I could heal myself out of this. Mm. And you kind of know it, don't you? Yeah. I felt I absolutely did know it. Yeah. Like, that's, that's not where I need to go. Mm. Um, so, yeah, so it does does play on my mind of how important it is. And I guess because I had that scare, I understand the importance of it. But for, for people my age. What do you want to do now? Um, very good question. <laughs> Still not 100% sure, but I've also learned not to force anything. Something will come. In the, just even in the past two years, I've always tried to force something. And when I force it, it doesn't happen. So I'm really just leaving it open to see what it is I want to do. Um, and what do you do in the process of looking for that? Like for people, there will be a lot of people your age thinking, yeah, I don't know what I want to do. I mean, they're forced into going to university or they yeah. do a course that they're not sure they want to do or they do the course and come out and do nothing with it. So what do you, what's your methodology around finding that place? We'll work with Kim Morrison. <laughs> that was a loaded question. No, I think that's what it was about is finding like-minded people, finding what that passion is and aligning myself with them. And do you know what's so how funny? How do they do it? Is when Liz was saying to me, I don't know what to do. And we've been catching up a little bit with doing a few sparkles. Mm. I mean, it was Liz's family that made 28's business course change direction. We were going into David Jones and it was doing a sparkle event with Liz and Edwina that, you know, we sold so much product there that we both drove home going, this is not a retail business this is an in-home connectedness business so party plan um but what I actually thought when Liz was saying to me on the phone you know I'm I don't know what I want to do and she'd gone to Melbourne and I knew that struggle you know I know Mm. that feeling of well I'll try this and then you kind of get there and you realize it's not quite all that you Mm. wanted it to be and where do I go and then you feel guilty because you're not settled and you don't know your passion you don't know where you're driving and I actually thought she could come and work with Cindy Mm. so why I said to her come to the coast and I even said you've got the three of us like you know, I knew Karen was always always has an opening for someone else that's broad thinking and open and willing to serve and support her to get her message out. I knew I didn't have a job for you, but I knew that there might, but just by being around all of us, mm-hmm. there'd be a possibility. I really saw it with Cindy, and then when I saw how good you were, um, <laughs> but she I, kept you all to herself. But, <laughs> Did she even I, tell you, Cindy? Yeah, no, um, but <laughs> never said a word to me. No. <laughs> but what I realised, and this is what I'd love to say to young people, and probably the three of us had this and maybe that's why there's the attraction is I said to her honey get around people you know like don't use money as the driver yes I know you've got to survive but be around people and and it will come and when I saw her willingness to work with me for nothing for nothing to create a job that would give her income 
as an employer, as someone who's leading this next generation, that is that wow. is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. So, you know, to see that in you, Liz, is a true credit to you because you're willing to put yourself on the line and show someone your worth, whereas a lot of the X, Y, or the Y generation mm-hmm. has been all about, well, give it to me. I don't like it. Mm-hmm. Want it now. Instant gratification. And I think those old or those traditional cultural values in you is perhaps something that you can be leading this generation with is that you've got to earn it to get it. I mean, I saw a quote on Facebook this morning, I earned this, and it was a beautiful mm. physical body. You, oh, I, I earned this. I wasn't given it. Mm. I think that's beautiful. Yes, it was from a body image point of view, but I think anything in life. Mm, life. Would you agree? Mm, absolutely. And so I take my hat off to you, and, and you're helping me deliver our new program, and I'm seeing it now through. And the gift for me is that I'm seeing it through a 23-year-old's eyes. Mm. So how? And now I'm thinking, how do I tap into this generation? How can we together, two generations or a generation apart, now support the next generation coming through? And you know, to all of us in this age and maybe older don't think these young people are all out to take. There's a lot of beautiful young people out there willing to give of themselves if we give them a chance. And I think that's something mm. that you've And I am, I am seeing it. Um, even with friends just who I haven't, some I haven't even seen since school, emailing saying, what, what do you do? What's the best nutrition course to do? What's the best PT? Because I've seen that I've been there and done it. So I thought, how interesting. And they've all been to uni, graduated, working in jobs but have decided it's not for them and they want to do something around health and fitness, which I think is amazing. You know why health and fitness is becoming the new whatever? The reason why it's becoming that is because everyone's sick Mm. and everyone realises that what we're doing now isn't working and we need to find something else. And because we are so many sick people, there is a need for this huge growth in this market mm-hmm. because no one's teaching it like I went to school and I went to school 20 girls I went to school with at university that's as many that were doing nutrition back in you know 30 years ago oh, now, and now it's now it's huge it's like it's actually really hard to get into to get into a really high OP school mm. for what the course is to get yeah. in because it's so popular yeah so it's um, wonderful it's wonderful yeah. to see but then what are they teaching so, yeah. Well, I, I did start mainstream, and when oh, I was, I had to go. I was um, funded by the dairy industry, and we were told that calcium's the best. So, yeah, I just think this isn't. So, so, but how cool that you're so sceptical. How cool. Why am I doing this? Thanks to your yeah. mum, it's not even maybe sceptical, it's just that you question. Yeah. And you question yeah. the validity and the yeah. impact behind it. Yeah. Okay, so I want to completely change tag. I want mm-hmm. to ask you then so, from a relationship point of view, mm-hmm. partners, Ways of thinking. Mm. Um, no, I won't get it. Edwina, um, it's now time for you to leave. <laughs> and, 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 no, but I, what I want to know is, is how is that working out there in relationship with other, with your partner, for instance, and mm-hmm. what his thoughts are? He's very hot. I'm just saying. Um, but how is that working for you around? Like, what's his thoughts? What's his upbringing? What's his processes yeah. around health? He's a CrossFitter too. Is he hearing you? Is he listening to you in a way? Or are you both educating one another? What does that look like? Um, definitely educating one another. When I first met him about four years ago, he was has always been into fitness, and but he was on the protein shakes and just eating broccoli and chicken, and that was just what he what he knew. And then I guess being around me. It was very quick. The first thing I got rid of, non-negotiable, was the pre-workout that I had to go. Was that the protein check? No, the pre-workout, pre-workout which is pre-workout. Oh, this chemical Don't ask. caffeine oh. to give you the buzz to make oh, you work what? out harder. Yeah. They have that stuff? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. It's huge. And he also did um, – he was into the gym and I was into CrossFit. So he came with me to a few CrossFit sessions. Now he is so obsessed and I'm not. <laughs> so I think – yeah, and just the way I ate, he started to, and he could just see that how important it was for his body and how much better he felt. So we're constantly learning off each other. And that's a non-negotiable for me in a relationship is I do want someone who values their health and willing to learn and open. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's funny, that word obsession. We were <laughs> on the weekend just down at my daughter's big, beautiful dance ballet show, and it was amazing, and I met an Australian ballerina, a beautiful principal dancer and 
And, you know, some of the mums were saying, oh, you know, I'm worried my daughter's become really obsessed. And this beautiful 14-year-old girl turned around and she said, obsessed, that's just a word the lazy used to describe the focused. Oh, I love it. Oh, my gosh. She's read that on a quote. How good was that? The word the lazy used to describe the focused. Shut the front door. But I and that's, she was writing that down. Yeah, I'll touch fourteen. It down my fourteen. What do you say yeah. to that? And all yeah. of a sudden, because I always wondered when I was doing my body sculpting and learning and doing my nutritional studies and all those sorts of things, mm. people thought I'd become very selfish. Mm. Whereas I said I'd become very determined. And when they said mm. I'd become obsessed, I said I'd just become focused. Mm. And so when I heard this beautiful fourteen-year-old say, "It's just the word that lazy used to describe the focused," I went. I wish I'd had that answer when my own mm. tribe mm. were telling me I'd become yeah. obsessed. Mm. Um, and so I kind of, I don't think obsession is a bad thing, particularly. And what was the other word when you were talking about the people that are over-obsessed with a healthy obsession oh, with health? orthorexia nervosa. <laughs> yeah, it's a disease. Orthorexia nervosa, you have an unhealthy obsession with healthy eating. <laughs> I have it. For sake, really? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I have it. Focused about my my food and and you well, know, but who shouldn't be? It's exactly. a representation of life. Exactly. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. Oh, that oh, is. Bless. That is just brilliant. So, do you have any messages that you think mums or grandparents or dads should? What do you think we could be doing better to support this next generation through? What would you expect or want in a parent? Um, I mean, you're lucky you've got it, but what yeah. would be your message around that? Is is having belief in where they want to go and how I mean is my dad was very much needed a university degree, so I did nursing. I thought, well, I'll tick that off on his list. Certainly not on mine. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so dad, that, you can leave now. That's what, Sorry that's what he wanted. That. And it wasn't until I started to to go a different way. He's very open to it and so supportive. I wouldn't be able to do what I'm doing without him. Um, so Would I think that be it's his just, wallet? Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> he adores you. Too. He just adores so you. So I think it's not being too caught up. And I have a lot of friends, and they they only do university because their parents have told them they have to. Mm. When you can see their potential in something else that they're very passionate about and will be very good at. So I think it's just having that belief and letting them trial. Go and go and work for somebody for free to see if you like it and work out what it is you want to do. Does it annoy you when your mum is floundering or flapping or not on target or focused herself? Oh, absolutely. Mm. I worked with her at an organic store and she's the most unorganised person. (laughs) (laughs) But but what would you say to that? Because a lot of us don't get it right necessarily in our children's eyes. So what would be your advice to us when Um, we're flapping and not organised? It's just accepting who they are and that's they've got strength in other areas. And maybe that's not one of them. And just, yeah, I think it's really just accepting each other and helping out. That's the biggest lesson that I learned. And and with with your mum around there, because she is such a beautiful woman and she gives so much to so many, I'm I'm just trying to draw it out of you because you've said Mm -hmm. it to me already, Mm -hmm. that whilst she is so amazing at giving to so many others, I've heard you even say you just wish she could do more for herself at times. Mm and focusing on her sometimes and absolutely would that be something as a young woman that you would recommend that's what you want to see in your parents that their love Mm. of self I'm only saying that because you've said this a number of times to me so in that respect what does that look like to you a woman a mum who loves herself and looks after herself what does that look like so that we can hear it it's been the support and especially because she's been the support for us for so long it's now kind of our turn to, to back her and to, to back both my parents. They've been amazing support. We wouldn't have done the things that we've done. And it was financial stress and emotional stress for sure. So it's just backing them now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You're beautiful. Yeah. Well, we mm-hmm. think you're beautiful. <laughs> and I'm glad you work with me. <laughs> <laughs> and we're going to have a meeting afterwards. <laughs> Get your checkbook out. <laughs> are you selling her? Are you? <laughs> is this an auction? She's a trafficker. Is this auction? Hey, there's an idea. Nice idea. <laughs> 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 
<laughs> so hopefully you've enjoyed the podcast as much as we have with beautiful Lizzie Kent. Thank you for joining us, my love. No, thank, thank you for you. sharing your, your side of things. So make your comments on our Facebook page at allthews.facebook.com forward slash up for a chat. You can meet Liz at our Awaken the Change. Oh, Lizzie, you coming to Awaken the Change? Of mm-hmm. course you are. Apparently. Mm-hmm. Look at that. Look at that. Mm-hmm. Oh, how excitement. Mm-hmm. Okay, so awakenthechangewithin.com is where you're going to find Kim, Cindy, and myself live on stage for three intensive days and the beautiful Lizzie. Now, I think that we could actually talk to Miss Liz about what we can do with her um, if we get any younger participants coming through Mm -hmm. in perhaps doing some coaching with them. Well, she's actually, she might even come and help us do one of the PT sessions as well. I think that sounds mm. like fun. Mm. Ripper. And mm. mother-daughters. Mother-daughters. I, I, I think that's I fantastic. Sometimes think it's really good for mother-daughters to come to this. Absolutely. And, you know, if the fathers and sons want to come too, mm. they're welcome. But I think a mother-daughter thing is really important. It's really powerful. Mm. It's very powerful. So go to awakenthechangewithin.com and book your seat and do it now. Don't wait, do it now. You can also go to all the w's.thewellnesscouch.com and post your comments there. So thank you for Lizzie for joining us and for all of you guys out there listening, join us here next week on Up for a Chat and become part of the ripple effect that's changing the world. Hi, it's Damien Christoph here. If you're loving the Wellness Couch podcast, then you'll absolutely love our special once-only free four-part webinar series starting Thursday, October 30. Join me and my Wellness Guys co-host plus Marcus Pierce from 100 Not Out and Inside the Champion's Mind as we dive deep into the hot topics of wellness over four consecutive weeks. Brett Hill will kick us off by showing you how to be fab and fit in five. I'll be presenting What the F and discussing the big bad F words when it comes to food. Lawrence Tam will leave you inspired with a magnificent mindset and MP will reveal his 10-step formula to mastering your life. These webinars are absolutely free and they go for an hour each and they take place every Thursday night from October 30 until November 20. To get access, you must sign up. So simply go to www.thewellnesscouch.com or check out The Wellness Couch on Facebook. Whilst The Wellness Couch presenter endeavour to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.